Welcome to Crop Watch Podcast, a production of Nebraska Extension. Welcome to the Crop Watch Podcast. I'm Michael Sindler, a Crop Systems Extension Educator. Today I'll be joined with Dr. Humberto Blanco from the University of Nebraska Lincoln. How are you doing today, Dr. Blanco? Uh, very good, Michael. Thanks for this opportunity. No problem. Dr. Blanco, could you tell us your role at the university? Yeah. So I'm a professor here in um, the Department of Agronomy and Horticulture. Um, I've been doing research uh, and also teaching uh, classes in soil management and, uh, and soil physics. So my work has been um, looking at um, how different management practices can affect uh, soil. So we are linking this now with uh, soil health. So we are looking at the specifically different management practices, you know, cover crops, biochar, conservation, tillage, and other practices to see how, you know, uh, these uh, systems um, affect uh, changes in soil health. So you brought it up, biochar. Um, what What is biochar? Um, I, I've, I've seen there's like specific um, composition of carbon required for something to be actually considered biochar? Excellent question, Michael. Yeah, biochar is uh, we can call relatively uh, new uh, practice that uh, we are looking at. So the theoretical definition is that there's any uh, organic material that's burned at um, uh, high temperatures uh, between uh, uh, 300 and 700 Celsius uh, and uh, but low or no oxygen. So that's the main difference from, uh, you know, charcoal and other, you know, materials. So it's, uh, it's pyrolyzed um, at um, uh, low or no oxygen at um, high temperature and uh, depending on the, yeah, on the system, of the gasification, all that stuff uh, that one has, but um, temperature ranges um, between 300 and seven or 800 Celsius. So I'll, I'll go ahead and jump right into the hard questions. Uh -huh. Why would people be interested in applying biochar to their soils? Yeah. Uh, so biochar is quite different from other uh, management practices that uh, we have been uh, uh, looking at around here, um, you know, um, there is a lot of uh, excitement about uh, cover crops, right? And then uh, obviously no-till has been used uh, for quite some time in some cases, um, right? So what about, you know, the, you know, biochar? You know, this material is unique uh, because it has a high carbon concentration. So... Uh, carbon concentration depends on the what we call feedstock that's used to produce biochar. So it ranges between, uh, you know, surprisingly between 25% and all the way to 90 or 95% of uh, carbon. So like wood biochar, you know, biochar produced from uh, woody material would have high carbon content, but um, biochar produced from... Uh, you know, grasses and, you know, some crop residues um, can have a lower uh, 
carbon concentration. So why do we, I mean, we even uh, consider, I mean, <laughs> using biochar in our, you know, in our farms or, right, the croplands, it's, you know, it's because biochar has sort of the high carbon concentration. And if you are concerned about uh, increasing um, organic matter, right, I mean, we, we, by plowing and, you know, intensive agriculture has um, uh, really, you know, caused a lot of uh, carbon, uh, a loss of carbon, right? So, and it takes a lot of time for carbon to be gained because we have been using this in some cases cover crops and adopted no-till systems. But you know what? It takes, uh, you know, many decades, you know, to build uh, soil carbon. But if we add biochar, if it has like 25% of carbon at least, then um, you can um, uh, quickly restore the carbon that we lost uh, from our soils. So um, what would you target for a field with biochar? Um, you know, maybe somebody mm -hmm. that's at 4% carbon trying to bump up to 5% carbon, or are you looking at more of like a degraded soil where somebody should be at like 3% carbon and they're at 1% carbon? Yeah. Another excellent question, Michael. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, biochar has not been much research here in the Midwest. I mean, there are you know, a few studies, um, but it has been used um, more in other um, uh, countries. And then uh, they've been very successful with the biochar. And why is that? Um, so it's because uh, in other like in tropical soils or regions, I mean, soil organic matter content is, well, if you are lucky, it's going to be 1%, right? So in some cases, less than 1% of organic matter. So that can really benefit from biochar. But there are some you know, studies around here, a few studies that have applied biochar to high organic matter soils, you know, like 4%, 4, four, you know, 4 or 5% of organic matter. So then we don't see a lot of... Um, uh, benefits and uh, uh, so that's a great question that depends what you are looking at I mean that's a loaded question well does it mean that we shouldn't be thinking about using biochar then and soils that have um, three percent four percent like I mean around here right no that well still biochar can provide benefits like for reducing uh, nitrous oxide emissions for reducing nitrate leaching right so we can improve nitrogen use efficiency for example but if your organic matter content is less than one percent in some cases even like in western nebraska right so we can um uh we might be able to increase yields you know while you know improving you know um you know, uh, nitrogen use efficiency, we've been capturing water, you know, so, but uh, in short, yes, biochar will have more, will provide more benefits in um, low fertility or low carbon soils. And another thing is like, you know, sandy soils, right? Sandy soils uh, lose a lot of nitrates through leaching. Well, biochar has been shown that uh, can reduce leaching, you know, in sandy soil. So that's another uh, service that uh, we are looking at. So with, with biochar, um, well, I'll back up. Um, you know, farmers are, are impatient at times. They, they want results immediately. Uh -huh. I know when you look at cover crops, it seems like 
you know, rarely do you have a year one effect on some of your soil physical properties. Yeah. Um, when you look at biochar, do you get a, a payout year one or does it take longer than year one to get that payout? That's um, a good point. Uh, yeah. The effect is um, the payout is immediate. That's the nice thing of biochar. But now next, probably you have another question, Michael, coming up might be the cost, you know, so, right. But biochar, when we apply biochar, I mean, we are going to see an immediate increase in soil carbon, and that's, uh, you know, closer related to organic matter. So then if it, um, uh, leaching is a major issue in your farm, and then uh, applying biochar will reduce that. And what about... Um, increasing water holding capacity. So that's going to be an immediate uh, benefit. So it's that's what I was um, uh, um, trying to say earlier, that it takes, you know, many years or decades, uh, maybe if not centuries to, you know, accumulate one or 2% of organic matter with the current practices, you know, including cover crops and uh, no-till management. But uh, biochar, it's... Um, uh, it's, um, you know, it's an innovative practice that uh, can allow to accumulate carbon um, uh, quickly, right? So, I, I know it's hard looking at economics and costs um, when you're looking at management strategies. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe you can give me an idea compared to other things. Is it cheaper to um, use a biochar compared to maybe manure or cover crops? Those are kind of like three other things that people tend to use mm -hmm. to improve their soils. Or, or is this something that's really expensive and not easy to get a hold of right now? Yeah, good question. Yep, at the moment, it's not uh, really available uh, in, uh, in uh, especially in the Midwest. Uh, it is, it, you can purchase, like for our, we have a good number of research sites here in Nebraska, and we purchased our biochar from a company in Wyoming. But this is the good news. Uh, this biochar, you know, research and, and um, obviously that's related to you know, biochar availability. Uh, it's going to become um, more and more, um, you know, um, relevant in the near future. For example, we are trying to I'm working with the uh, Nebraska Forest Service, but some folks from uh, there and uh, what they're doing is they're gonna produce biochar from um, uh, uh, woody waste material and then corn stover. So they're gonna take um, corn stover and uh, uh, wood material to a gasification plant in Iowa. And that's a kind of a pilot plant and then um, so then we're going to use uh, biochar for our experiments in the greenhouse and then also in our research plots. So as they are looking at, so I'm working with the Nebraska Forest um, um, Service uh, people to look at the complete cycle. So the idea is this, you know, you have, there's a lot of corn stover in some cases. What about if we remove some, right? And then we bring something even better, you know, back to the same field. Right, so in this case would be biochar. It's gonna be and, and gasification plants. I mean, it's not specifically designed just to produce biochar. 
you know, we get from this uh, organic material, we're going to get, probably, you know, electricity, heat, maybe some bio oil, and then biochar is going to be a byproduct, right? So then we can bring that byproduct uh, back to the fields where we remove corn stover. So that's again looking at the complete uh, cycle. And uh, this is generating a lot of interest. I mean, we have, you know, a couple of projects funded to see, well, how this um, can really, you know, improve our soils and, you know, again, uh, going back to improving nitrogen use efficiency and maybe uh, stabilizing yields and increasing yields in some cases. Well, I know I'm excited to hear more about your uh, your research down the road, especially um, after time. Um, those those are those hard experiments, you know, those five year uh, plus experiments to get the data from that. Um, but what what I think is very interesting about this uh, product is, you know, you said that it can help with water holding capacity and it can help control nitrates, and you know, those are two of the biggest issues almost statewide that we're dealing with, you know, how to prevent nitrates from entering our groundwater. And then, you know, the further west you go, how do you increase your water holding capacity? Exactly. So this yeah, material has potential, you know, to improve productivity of our soils, you know, again, especially in degraded soils, like we have one, ex two experiments near Sydney, Nebraska. So, and uh, we have seen some promising results, even like measuring available water and uh, carbon content and, you know, uh, nitrate leaching, all those things. So stay tuned. We're going to have more research data to share in the next few uh, months or uh, years. So. All right. Well, thank you for joining me today, Dr. Blanco. I appreciate it. Uh, thanks for the opportunity, Michael. Mm -hmm.